31st of the 3rd, March 2014, the law of expansive response. This particular direction, the western direction, is outwards in the field of service. Obviously, or it should be obvious to you, that with regards to the group laws, the expansive response is basically that, is it not? Outwards into the field of service. So, by the time initiation has been taken, first initiation onwards, the group is busy with their group service work. They're ensconced in it, they're thoroughly manifesting all the forms of activity in order to enlighten and awaken humanity. Normally, this particular process of expansive response, of enlightening and awakening humanity, brings in a flock of new students. The group grows, and then those new students do their trials, tribulations, tests, and gain initiation, and bring in more students. And so you can see this outward march, um, expansive march of the group as it's not just simply bringing new students, of course, it's such works as my books that someday eventually will end up in the public out there and people will hear of them and start reading them. And then they will talk to others and say, wow, this is a really good book, uh, way beyond my comprehension, but it's good stuff in that you should read it, that sort of thing. Anyway, you can see that there's something like the concept of budding yeast in its sugary water. Everything is budding and, and bubbling along to produce a expansive spreading of the energy. And I like to think of expanse in terms of a whole field, a whole vista, a whole panorama of which you look out. And with regards to this particular law, which relates to taking to the third initiation, that panorama is not just, um, of course, the minds of humanity that are responding to the effects of your service work, but also in the field of the mind. The mind itself is expanding. The mind itself is broadening its scope. And of course, it's not just manifesting in a uh, horizontal fashion um, to expand in that way, but it's also going vertically to penetrate the domain of enlightenment and the Buddhism some what I often call the Alaya Vijnana environment, which is uh, a way of, of saying the abstract mind. The Alaya Vijnana, incidentally, is not just abstract mind, it's the entire environment of mind. But when it relates to the third initiation, it's the full attainment of the Alaya Vijnana, which incorporates the abstract mind and the kingdom of souls. The third degree initiate, the whole group, is moving upwards in a vertical alignment with the group soul, with hierarchy. And hierarchy is descending into their consciousness. So you can see that the expansive response is not just the outward movement of the field of consciousness, but the vertical alignment. And then it produces a response from the inner domains, from hierarchy from the kingdom of souls and um, that produces further expansion and this is the way of group evolution. So it is an emanation of the direction west governing the field of service to humanity. The governing ray is the third of mathematical exact activity. DK gives no esoteric title and the symbol is a flaming rosy sun. 
And you can think in terms of the colour rose, of course, as aspiration. And the flaming sun is just simply the aura of the group. The group aura is flaming, it's rosy, it's full of aspiration, and it's sending its light to all around, vertically and horizontally. The term expansive response concerns the expansive nature of the mind of the initiate after the third initiation has been undertaken. Not only are the vistas of Sambhogakaya flower revealed, the Alea Vijnana environment, but also some of what lies waiting in Shambhala and upon cosmic shores, to which the initiate opens the door, as it is the first cosmic initiation. So you can see the expansive nature and um, what it is that responds to the initiate, to the initiate's aspiration and his field of, or her field of service work. It's the service work of the group, of course, to which the initiation opens the door. Expansive response awakens the vision of what the future will reveal for this western direction of outward wards into the field of service, representing humanity. Far vistas of humanity's potential can then manifest, once the nature of the initiation path is comprehended and ardently followed. And you can see, from my perspective, how sad it is that so few actually take on the initiation path to the conclusion of actually attaining this third initiation because the third initiation truly makes you a cosmic uh, voyager, a shambhalic recipient, enlightened. And you can see these far vistas of where it is that you're going to and you're taking humanity or the whole group is evolving towards. Consequently, there is an increased effort by the initiate to serve, to logically present the vision of the plan to humanity, so that the expanded vision produces a vaster field of application for disciples. And it's obvious, is it not, if humanity actually responds to the group's service work, to the initiates undertaking and that response produces a vaster ability to for the all to grow they can work faster quicker and produce a greater vision within the cosmic landscape everything moves up and onwards and outwards in service the expansive response is in the field of the mind and its mysteries all phenomena stems from mind and is resolved into it the nature of cosmic mind comes into view, and vast is the vision accorded of logoic mind to which the initiate aspires. As, as this initiation is undertaken at Shambhala, so the pull of the planetary head centre upon the initiate and his group works to incorporate them into a, its sphere of activity. This then defines the nature of this group law. So you can see this group law brings the initiates within the confines of Shambhala. They begin to partake of happenings at Shambhala and Shambhala itself opens up the vast expanses of the cosmic landscape. As one travels towards the centre to increasingly play a role in its affairs, so Shambhala expands its response to the approaching group. The response is from above down. The lords of life pour increasingly intense energies into, into the initiate's mind, producing an expanded field of vision therein, all manifests within group context. 
and you can see one major reason why ever since I started teaching groups it's always been group meditation where the group as a whole give out their the results of their meditation experiences because this is the group sharing the group expansion working with this law of expansive response and it allows the master to pour into the group the group vision of course each individual may get a different meditation as is often the case but nevertheless it is still the group vision it is still the expansion of the group mind and often accompanying that group vision is a calm um, certain instructions that are given for the entire group to follow. The nature of the development of mind by the initiate of this degree also produces an expanded awareness of the divas, they are the fifth creative hierarchy, that embody the substance of mind in all its grades. There is also a natural response from the divas to the initiate's service work. Diva and human complement each other. The initiate provides the driving will of the organising ability and the divas the fabric of the space that clothe. The mayor of the evolving forms can thus be appropriately resolved into the domains of the real. So again what I'm pointing out here is that it's um, you can see it's outwards into the field of service, it's upwards towards Shambhala and it's integrating with both the kingdom of souls and the diva kingdom the work with the divas becomes quite, you know, I was going to use the term prescient, which means to be see the future. It's, it incorporates the work, the initiate can now properly work with the divas because the initiate is, has expanded into the domain that is inherently diva, which is mind. All divas are creative intelligences. They're units of, of mind. And so what I'm trying to get here without explaining it in too much detail is this approach to the diva kingdom where the diva mind and the human mind begin to become almost equal, begin to interpenetrate each other. Because by this time, the human mind is highly refined, it's abstract, and it is very akin to the nature of the mind of the awakened divas. So you respond, the response is also into the deeper kingdom, into, in other words, the feminine dispensation. Um, incidentally, it's not here in the book, but one symbol of, of the third degree initiate is an old woman. It's actually the symbol is a feminine. It, the, this initiation is a feminine initiation. And um, the old woman basically means wise woman or the initiate that is integrating consciousness with the diva mind, which is feminine. And so one of the symbols of this particular initiation and the initiate is the woman, uh, the older woman signifying wisdom. And of course, such a woman would have a bright, luminescent aura around her. And the woman, not only the, the Dombi, which is an outcast woman. And of course, the outcast woman is a, a, a frequenter of cemeteries and, and things like that, and sort of the perfect partner, yogic partner, the yogini. And is it at this particular stage when one is able to leave samsara behind and dance on the corpses of, of the dead and death-like 
attributes that most people think is is real. So that's the symbolism, the tantric symbolism of the third degree initiate. So often the manuals, the digests, say, seek out the woman. And with regards to this also, all of you are aware of the fact that this third initiation is the rising of Kundalini. And that Kundalini is a feminine energy. It's the feminine that is liberated. And again, you can see the symbolism related to to femininity. So um, the third degree initiate, ideally, is a woman. It's their their proper home. Many people seem to think it's um, the emotions because many women are emotional, as are many men. But in reality, the, the mind is their proper field of expertise yeah it's one three five seven if you remove the first ray which of course is the ray of synthesis then the three five seven is the feminine dispensation whereas the two four six is the masculine with the four with the six being a, a pot puree of everything the initiate provides the driving will of the organizing ability and the deep is the fabric of the space that clothes. And this is a very good definition. If you do want to ever explain the relationship of the divas to the human, one is the fabric of space that clothes, and we are the organizing ability or the organizing energy. Um, we use the directive minds in order to mold or manipulate or build, weave that fabric of space. Cloves, yes, yeah, C-L-O-T-H. So it cloves all forms. The mayor of the evolving forms can thus be appropriately resolved into domains of the real. And the domains of the real, of course, is the mayor is the illusion all around us, and that's the evolving forms that we live in and that we think through and that we imbibe by and what we take as normal and think that that is the real. But the real is this movement upwards to the domain represented by Shambhala. And at this particular initiation, you begin to integrate the real with the mayor to make them one fabric, one vehicle of enlightenment. I just had a footnote here. Well, let's just read out the footnote and see what it says. It should be noted that in this expose, the concern is with the life where an initiation is consequently undertaken. In a subsequent life, the initiate may be oblivious to such knowledge and simply manifest service to humanity appropriate to the plan. And of course, that's for most initiates. They're oblivious to the fact they may be third or fourth degree initiates. They just simply serve. They do their appointed service work according to what the plan was um, for that incarnation. And then next life, there's a life, and normally there's a next life, when they again striving for initiation and a need to meet a teacher such as myself in order to be given or put through the tests that related to the next highest step of their initiate journey. The esoteric rule of this law is Scorpio the Scorpion. And of course all of you by now should be quite familiar with this sign and you know it's the sign of testings um, where Hercules had to battle the nine-headed hydra and the nine-headed hydra, all of those things that, uh, you know, fear, hatred, pride, money, material, comfort, selfishness and so forth that you, the initiates have to battle. And this is an initiate vying for the second initiation on the whole. But there's, at every level, a version of the nine-headed scorpion to battle. It just becomes subtler and subtler, these samskaras. And in this case, it provides the energies of the fourth creative hierarchy, humanity, governed by the sign, when the initiate is appropriately tested in the fields of service. And all of us quite well know that 
the true battling is not so much of your own individual hydras. I mean, yes, you've got to battle that, but the great field of testing for the initiate is the field of service. Is when you have to deal with other human beings and um, interrelate with them and work with them to to serve others. That's where your testings lie. That's where the subtleties of what you've mastered within yourself come to the surface or what still needs to be mastered. And the others will point out or bring these to the surface and say, I don't like that aspect within myself. I better do something about it. Or sometimes they'll lovingly tell you, well, you should do something about this attribute. Because this is group service group love we're all here to help each other and all of us are here because we um, wish to be greater service to humanity we wish to bow before the one initiator we wish to be residents at Shambhala and it's not that we wish for selfish purposes we wish because we can see quite clear of our vision that all humanity must come our way and so we're here to give to each other and therefore, normal sort of psychoanalytical attributes that they have out there in that materialistic world don't matter. What matters is there is a samskara that needs fixing, and we can quite clearly see it in each other, but we can see, yes, that samskara is there, but it's there for such and such a reason, and it'll take you know, quite a bit of time for that samskara to work out because there's so much karma behind it and the life plan, the service plan for the initiative has been involved around its mastery. And so you see the karma, you see the reasons for some samskaras and everyone's got their own inherent weaknesses and we don't sort of browbeat people because of those inherent weaknesses. We are loving individuals and we work with them in order that over time they see how to fix up those samskaras and that's within a group context. So you can see that the group evolution is the field of mastery. When you say we don't do the psychoanalytical things that they do out there. Oh yes, by that I meant that a lot of those people that I've met that are more or less in that materialistic world, they're spiritual, but they read the books uh, on psychoanalysis, Freud, Jung, et al. And they take that type of interpretation as virtually gospel. And that's not the way we look at um, samskaras. We can see some of those psychological things, but for most disciples, you know, anger management, sort of repressing emotions and things like that, that's not where most disciples at this level are at. What they're at, where they're at, is how to lovingly interrelate. How, um, what are the best steps towards enlightenment as a group? How do we manifest our group service work? How can we bring the group teachings to a greater number? So that's what I meant by that. The, the commonplace um, psychoanalytical analysis of people's um, emotions and attitudes don't really work for initiates. It's much um, subtler than that. My understanding of what you mean is that the psychoanalytical methodology only has a, a single lifetime view of interpreting people's sanskaras, whereas ours is multi-life-stream related view. Is that correct? That's, that's part of it. That's quite different to how you just yeah, yeah. summarise, because yeah, how yeah. you just summarise is that, is that initiates are well past the 
what psychoanalysis would say repressed subconscious um, patterns of the ego and therefore we don't have to deal with that stuff and I, I find that virtually impossible yeah. to stomach but I'm not going to sit here and debate you on it. I think it's very, very idealised but I think you should continue on and yeah, you can have that discussion I, mean, I mean, I would think that any of us would pass anything <laughs> Like, as far as, like, we have things come up... Look, look, what I'm, what I'm sort of getting to is that commonplace psychoanalytical thing, and I'm looking at the New Age books, for instance. There's um, what I call baby spiritual books, where people sort of go over and over again at, at elementary things to do with their emotions, and, and those things are psychoanalytical, and you're past that. You don't need to read endless amounts of New Age books. You don't need to, to read the psychological maybe, maybe. treatises. What you're doing, you're looking at some scars. And where we, and this is what I was, what I also pointed, we have a far vaster and subtler view. Mm. And we look at past lives. We look at emotions. We look at divas. We look at DB. And we, we have many more ways of dealing with that particular emotional or mental trait than those that are reading those books I think, would ever yeah, think of. I think that sums it up a lot better. Mm. That, that Because when also when we talk about psychoanalysis, that's often quite different to what we might then call New Age, which draws mm. on a whole host of different things. Mm. But rather that that's like one tool, whereas we would say, well, we have five others, which and a lot of them are a lot more effective, mm. and none of us would be satisfied mm simply with that one yeah. tool you know but we would have to bring in like you said past lives we'd have to bring in you know this notion of oh maybe it will take 10 years not mm. i can just dissolve it if i think it's it, not will hard enough and yeah or it's my mother's sexualities yeah all of yeah. that or dna and all the rest of it yeah yeah um so so these i think that's the, quite different to saying oh we don't have to deal with that stuff but rather we a, have it's a small percentage of our overall toolbox yeah exactly yeah. okay and that's that it's a um and therefore you leave that on the whole behind because you've got a far vaster and broader view so this um is also part of this sign called scorpio scorpio what i'm really looking at is not so much the initiates of the first or second degree you understand I'm looking at initiates preparing for their third initiation or at the level of third degree initiates where their viewpoint is fast, subtler and vaster. They're dealing as, as I mentioned divas and so forth that is much more and um, we're looking at this uh, Scorpio and the uh, tested in the field of service. Um, such service is now always through the use of highly refined mind. The result is an expanded response by the human groups that the initiate inspires and the ability to delve in deep into realms of ideas and associated repertory vistas. This response is thus due to vertical alignment and horizontal application. Scorpio also provides increased energization from Shambhala. And all of you are pretty aware that it's this energization from Shambhala that at, at your stage of discipleship, at the stage of taking a third initiation, it actually is one of your greatest fields of testing. The energies come in and they'll exaggerate some of your samskaras. They can make some of the samskaras harder by harder they can intensify them so you actually ride the old samskara because of the it gets added energy and the energy can come in and throw out weaknesses 
for instance, they can give you a whole cycle of cleansing of, of diseases, sickness, so you suddenly go through a, a whole spate of, of having throat ailments or running nose or, or other form of sickness that relates to some scars or qualities that you developed in the past lives that made you weak in those areas, which now have to be cleansed. So the energies come in, they push out the sickness. And the sickness is mental, emotional. It can be physiological. So the contact with Shambhala is not always what you might call as, as good from, from the point of view of the personality. And it can also bring to the surface some of your hidden karma that you'd rather not know about. Because this is also a form of sickness that must be dealt with and cleansed. And there's all types of karma and many forms of karma that most people not even imagine is karma, but it is so. The result is an expanded response by the human groups and in that the initiative inspires and the ability to delve deep in the realms of ideas and associated repertory vistas. And all of you know the expanded consciousness, the, the, the repertories of information that comes in that, that produces virtually a, almost a bliss sometimes and, and repertory sort of visions and thinking about issues that virtually nobody out there even imagines exists. Such things as unicorns, for instance, when you first meet them. <laughs> Suddenly there's a whole new universe, or dragons, uh, that, that bring to you a new ways of thinking about life and yourself, but many other things that you can have reverie about. And, of course, devotion. So the energization from Shambhala prepares the initiate for the attainment of the fourth initiation and the associated crucifixion experience as bodhicitta increasingly comes to be the driving force behind all activities. And bodhicitta is literally the mind of enlightenment. It's uh, the driving force of enlightenment. The law governs an increasing field of compassionate activity for the initiate. For the divas, this law manifests in a way that draws them into incarnation to form a logoic body and build the mandala of samsara so that it will expand into the universe of possibilities it must come to be. And so you can see the divas also are very much an embodiment of this law. So they build the universe of possibilities. The human kingdom, and here you can see the difference between the divas and the human. The divas build this universe of possibilities. We are striving to be liberated from it. And in doing so, we transmute diva substance. We also bring the divas with us. The human kingdom then evolves consciousness and later greatly develops its expansiveness by entering the path of initiation as a consequence of the service arena to humanity. At first the concrete mind is developed and then one learns to project antikranas towards the domain of the abstract mind. This process is governed by means of the third ray of mathematical exact activity and when driven by the second ray, wisdom is gained. The abstract mind is then the base for further expansion into cosmos via the continuation of the Antikranas into the Dharmakaya. And so you can see this law of expansive response produces this further expanse of consciousness by building Antikranas into Dharmakaya, which is 
a cosmic mind. The fifth initiation is then undertaken and becomes the base for further expansions via group progress. The law of expansive response for humanity therefore concerns a progressive unfoldment of consciousness to fill the sum of the domain of the mandala originally established by the divas. Along the way, the prisoners of the planet, the divas who are incorporated as the lower four, come to be liberated through being included as part of the equipment of response of a human unit that has gained mastery of the form. And as I said, you bring the divas with you as you gain liberation. And you can see this, this beautiful interrelationship between the divas and the human. Such a unit has transformed the lower divas embodying the associated samskaras, in brackets the lunar pitri. The term pitri means fathers. And so the fathers of the lunar form, which is your emotional body. By infusing them with the qualities of love and mind, diva individualization happens as a consequence. Now this is probably for some of you a new concept. As human units gain individualization out of the animal kingdom to become units, human units, human souls, similarly the divas become fully self-conscious units. They take their own initiation and the part of this initiation process for the divas is to be included as part of the human equipment of response. So diva individualization happens as a consequence and they enter into the ranks of the greater builders to be outbreathed from that planetary cycle. Later they will be inbreathed into a new earth sphere as the informing diva lives upon a higher level and turn of the spiral of evolution. This is the way expansive response progresses. So you can see that the divas, what I'm talking about here, as the divas of your form eventually individualize, they become greater divas. They then leave the planet and come back as the fifth creative hierarchy in its higher level in a later creative cycle. The law of expansive response is the gain of the initiate of the third degree as he she stands upon the mountaintop and integrates with the consciousness of the Sambhogakaya flower. Supporting the entire progress of the path and its eventual attainment is the probationary disciple who, responding to the law, begins to master the vicissitudes of samsara. The attributes of the third ray of mathematical exactitude must be developed through contemplation and meditation to produce the refinements of mind that allows one to be truly compassionate and to act in a non-glamoured way according to the dictates of karma. A keen meditation mind must be developed that facilitates penetrative insight into the higher domains of mind. This development was earlier related to Viana, which lays the foundation for the undertaking of the third initiation. The most refined attributes of thought then come into play, producing a complete integration between soul and personality. The group conscious Sambhogakaya flower, governed by the law of magnetic impulse, then comes to rule the life of the initiate. It attracts to the initiate the members of the soul groups he she serves to drive them onwards towards a goal to which they conjointly aspire. In brackets I say in many cases no formal physical group has been arranged upon the physical plane or else is loosely structured. They are individuals bound by common service arena which the third degree initiate positively influences because of such a one's highly perceptive insights and wisdom. And here I'm trying to also refer to the fact 
that there are many third-degree initiates on this earth serving in their various departments of life and they're not necessarily bound to any outward group in their thinking though they have friends and other initiates that they are conjointly working in a similar field that is their service work whether it's in the, the field of the arts or politics or religion or whatever other field there is they work and they can be all over the planet working together to produce the new vision that they all have. The fifth of the, of the Beatitudes, governed by the sign Leo the Lion, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, is associated with this law. This concerns the elimination of the attributes of pride, of ego posturing, so that enlightenment can take its place. And you can see that it is pride, it is ego posturing, that is the great enemy of this particular law of expansive response. You know, if you have this pride, then you build around you your own wall of pride. And that's the limitation. This concerns meekness, compliance to the laws of love and group evolution, allows the generation of bodhicitta and identification with the consciousness of the Sambhogakaya flowers. And the phrase that I give here for the Sambhogakaya flowers are fiery lions of life. It's a good way to think of your soul as a fiery lion. It is regal and it has this orange colouring of the mind that is their domain. And I should have maybe said love instead of life, but it's okay. Leo governs these cycles of awakening self-consciousness so that the line of life can pour out its victory prowess. This present scientific and technological era is governed by the fifth and third rays. Indeed, by means of scientific investigation, humanity have come to inherit the earth. When the normal arrogance of the mind is properly tamed so that it becomes meek, submissive to the higher verities of spirit, then the stage can be set for undertaking the third initiation when the full powers of mind are brought to fruition. So you can see the present scientific community have also manifested, are also manifesting under this law of expansive response. They have developed the technological innovations that have allowed us to expand our vision to the far reaches of, of our universe and into the atomic structure of matter. They have explored many of the mysteries of time and space, but it's done with an arrogance of mind. And when they actually become meek and um, develop more and more love, and then the full powers of mind will be brought to fruition, and there the expansive response to which they will then inherit becomes multidimensional, far vaster than anything they imagine now. So this is the destiny for humanity as this law grows within them. That's our disquisition, I suppose.